Welcome to Lineouts by Earful of Dirt, bringing you conversations with rugby newsmakers about the greatest sport on the planet. Hello and welcome to Earful of Dirt Lineouts, episode 30. Today I sat down with Hope Rogers, USA Women's Eagle, number 223. She is also a dual international, having played for the United States Women's Sevens National Team. She is currently a USA Sevens resident. When it comes to stuff she's done uh, in a USA Women's shirt, she has served as the team captain back in 2015 when the team toured France and has been in the leadership group since she's come back from multiple injuries. So that was really interesting to hear how she's managed that and continue to compete at a high level. Some other accolades, I think she's it's four-time national champion at Penn State University, so think about that. Pretty awesome. A USA under-20 selection as a women's junior All-American way back in the day and a senior All-American selection. And also... Another USA Women's Eagle that is on this roster, that is a Marianne Sorensen Award winner. She was awarded that her senior season as the best collegiate women's rugby player. So that's really cool. Uh, we do a big a bit of a deep dive into her background when it comes to rugby, and then we go into camp and see where they're going, where their head is, and how they're focused, and where they're going to move forward in the Super Series as they enter Canada. I'm here with Hope Rogers. Hope, how are you doing today? Uh, doing well. Just laying down, taking a little bit of a rest uh, between sessions and stuff. So, getting into your background when it when it comes to rugby, uh, so you started playing rugby at Chambersburg High School in Pennsylvania. What sport did you play before then? Um, I didn't really play a sport before then. Um, it was funny because when I was younger, um, for about six years, I actually twirled a baton. I was a majorette. Um, and I actually didn't really like it that much. Um, and then in junior high, I played a year of basketball. Um, but nothing really was like the sport that I really wanted to do. And then when I found rugby, it was like, whoa. So, yeah, I found rugby in 2009. About 10 years ago. Uh, that's about when I found rugby. So, uh, what was high school rugby like in Pennsylvania then versus what it is now? Uh, that's a great question, actually. Um, so, when I was um, joined, the club had just started um, a year before I had joined. And it was actually composed of, I believe, three high schools in the area that I was from. And we made up one, it was called South Penn team um and we went around and we were division two because we were so like pretty young club and getting going and stuff and um we played a lot of teams from like the philly area because um they have a lot more high school rugby kind of developing there um and now actually chambersburg which is the high school i went through has its own team which is pretty cool um so it's definitely grown a lot and i would say that pennsylvania is actually a very big high school rugby program. I had the honor of, like, coaching the state college team um, when I'd been in Pennsylvania. And just to see the growth of um, high school rugby from playing it to be able to coaching it for about four years in college was um, 
pretty awesome to see how rugby's just growing. So you went on to play rugby at Penn State under Pete Steinberg and then got caps with the Eagles at with Pete Steinberg as head coach. How did that process work to go to Penn State? Obviously, you're from Pennsylvania, so I'm guessing that was, you know, everyone wants to go to Penn State, right? Yes. Um, well, at the time, that was definitely the case. Um, so I... Um, was playing in high school and my high school rugby coach Steve Wright had um was like kinda of saw my potential really young and he was like, You should go to these all star tryouts because at the time we had like the Pennsylvania All Stars, we had the Mid Atlantic Rugby Club, um, that was the all star team that would play other regional teams in the area. So I actually went and tried out for the Mid Atlantic team, um, in two thousand nine. I didn't initially make it. Um, but then I got a call back from um, Tony Dreamer and Kevin Kastner, who they were like, hey, we see a lot of potential in you. We still want to bring you. Um, we think this will be a great experience. Uh, I was able to play a little bit um, that year. Um, but pretty much through that, I kind of uh, was asked to go to some, like, other camps and then was seen by Lance Conley, who is a big recruiter for Penn State and a huge rugby guy who had, who's, um, had a huge influence in my rugby career and um, kind of, I think, made that contact with Pete Steinberg, who they watched me, started watching me, and then, you know, was like, we really want you to go to Penn State. And being from Pennsylvania, it was obviously in-state tuition, so, and at the time there wasn't really rugby scholarships or anything, and so... It seemed like the best choice for my rugby and my education. Um, so it was kind of a no-brainer to me at that point. Then uh, when it comes to achieving, you know, national team honors, what was that process like? Of course you played with the nas- for the national team coach, and Penn State even to this day has a tremendous influence on the squad. Uh, yeah, so I guess... Um, it was nice in a way because it was nice and hard at the same time because he he always saw you. Um, and kind of around the time, because I had gone into Penn State my freshman year with an, uh, a right ACL meniscus injury. And so I actually didn't play my first Penn State rugby game until the um, Sweet 16 rounds of playoffs was really my first official Penn State rugby game. Um, for the team, I got to sub in that game, and I um, got to play in each round leading up to the national championship that year, which was an incredible honor. Um, so it was kind of nice to have him around to kind of always get that feedback, but it was also like he could also watch everything you do and how you were progressing, and if you're not progressing how you should, like his eyes were kind of always there. Um, so for me, it was a huge motivator versus like, you know, to be timid by that. Um, but ultimately, like, when I went to my first tryout camp um, in 2013, uh, he had sat down with me and, and was like, you know, you have a ton of potential, but these are the things you need to do. And a lot of it was around, like, weight control, um, fitness, things like that at the time, um, which I was able to kind of work on a lot um, after so what we're looking at right now is you're on track for, uh, you know, your third straight World Cup, right, in 2021. Uh, what were the different experiences like back, I guess it was the 2014 World Cup, and then 
this last uh, World Cup, which uh, you just talked about coming back from an injury in high school, coming into your first season at Penn State. But this last World Cup, you also came off a broken leg. Um, I think it was, I was told, six months? Uh, yeah, uh, leg and starting in the World Cup? Yeah, so... Uh, so... 2014 World Cup, I was still pretty young. I just turned 20. And um, it was just kind of one of those experiences where I look back and I'm like, wow, like, God is so good. Like, I was so blessed to be able to, you know, be around it. And, you know, it was one of those things where you just, it was just like, oh, yeah, so great, so awesome. Like, you just take advantage of every minute you get to play and you're so grateful, um, which I still obviously still am today. Um, but in 2017, it was kind of more challenging because, um, I was kind of still on track to hopefully go to the World Cup. Um, in 2015, um, Peter Bagetta and Pete Steinberg, who were the coaches, had asked me to captain the team. And so I felt very blessed and honored to do so. And so I captained the team in the France tour. And then, um, also around that time, I was trying my hand at some sevens. Um, and so I went on my first sevens tournament. Uh, it was an awesome experience. Came back in the very first practice. We were having a, like a jog around and I, my knee just twisted the wrong way. Tore my ACL meniscus, um, had surgery and the World Cup was five months away from that. And so I, um, I don't know. I believe that, you know, you can do all things through Christ and if you work hard enough, you know, and if you're given the right the right opportunities, like, it would be worth a shot to work for because it's a World Cup and everyone wants to play in it. Um, so I worked really hard, and I was um, luckily able to come back and um, make the team. Um, but they had, all, they had um, you know, passed off the captaincy role, which was good, which was, uh, Tiffany Fay did a, a phenomenal job leading the team and stuff. And I'd come back, and I'd actually use some of the World Cup games as my return to play. And so the first two games against Italy and Spain were kind of 20 minutes and then 40 minutes. And then um, the last game of the World Cup against France, I was very blessed to um, start that game and um, had one of one of my better uh, 15s games, uh, in my opinion. And so it was a lot more challenging kind of World Cup for me because of the injury. Um, but I wouldn't have changed it for the world. I had some, like, knee problems afterwards because of it. Um, but was able to uh, take about six months to, like, clean it up and be back on track now for this Super Series, which has been pretty awesome. So you are also a Sevens residency player. How has that really affected your game um, in 15s? Um, I would say it's had a tremendously um, positive impact, actually, to be a, a front row player, prop who, you know, gets – the huge opportunity to come and train for sevens for about two, two, two and a half years, um, almost three since I've been down here in California, um, training. Um, a lot with how I see the field, um, decision making, just your overall skill set of being able to, you know, pass a 10, 15 year pass. Um, fitness was huge. I really dialed in on my nutrition and had a lot of help with that, um, and kind of like tackling, being able to make some more open field tackles, 
um, being able to jackal, so get over the ball and try to steal it. Um, I just added a lot more tools to my toolbox um, that I am seeing that has definitely impacted my 15s game with just overall work rate and being able to be there and um, have that fitness to do so. And Chris Brown did a great job of um, kind of taking our whole team and building our skill sets that are um, now becoming, you know, very solid and, and consistent. So that was awesome. Taking a step back, you you have played for the San Diego Surfers. Uh, you specifically were on the team that won the WPL title in 2016, and Kate Zachary currently plays for them, and Nia Bizer has played for them and won the Club Sevens Championship. What? How does having a high-level women's club in San Diego uh, affect, I guess, the outer training group, not only for women's sevens, but women's fifteens? Um, I think it's, um, it's a, I mean, it's a great opportunity, again, for, like, um, just a lot of rugby to be grown, and I think um, the San Diego surfers um, do a great job of kind of mixing in you know, they they have a core base of players who are, um, you know, sole San Diego surfers and then being able to balance, you know, the USA athletes that are kind of coming in and out from obviously Chula Vista being um, one of the big training grounds for women's sevens um, and how they just keep growing and getting better because of it. There's great coaches um, that have been coaching and consistently building that. So, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but... So your first sevens cap was Sydney, 2017. What makes that different for you, like, now that I think that was your second year of residency? Or was that your first? Um, it was my... Uh, it was my first-ish year of residency, because when I first come down here, I was down here... For the 15s camp that was kind of down here, there was four of us who had kind of come down to live and train and play with the surfers and um, be able to train. But it wasn't until about six months after that that I was actually kind of put on some sort of a contract to play sevens. All right. And then what does the what does the development program for sevens do? Because you have young players like Etty Hungatau, uh, Ashley Burge also uh, coming in and going on these development uh, tournaments as you've also gone on, like Brisbane Super 7s. How does that have effect in bringing in young players along? Oh, it's, it's just great for the development of USA Rugby. I think we're just growing in depth and develop, starting to identify and develop players um, very young now, which is great for, I think, the future of our program. Um, I think, like, as a team, we we understand that, like, we're still growing and developing as a program, and if we can start to identify and get players um, involved in some sort of international rugby, whether it's those development tours or if they have the opportunity to go, you know, even with, like, the U20s or the All-Americans and stuff, it's, and they're getting that experience and they're being able to taste and see what it's like, um, and ultimately they're developing and growing so that... Um, our depth as a team is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. and It's just going to be great for USA Rugby as a whole program. 
So moving forward to, to the present, uh, the Super Series, uh, you started the, the first two matches uh, against England and the Black Ferns, and, and you'll be coming off the bench of the reserves for, I believe it's your 28th cap? Yes. No, yeah, 28. Um, and uh, what has camp been like? Uh, camp has been... Really hard, but very beneficial and, and good. I think that um, we're a very young team in this in in some age. Obviously, like we mentioned, like Etty and M, and so other players who are pretty young in age. But as as far as experience, in terms of like cats, like there's I think only a few of us who are in. I think there's only like one. There's like three of us who might be in the twenties or more, and then there's a few who are in single digits, but besides that, like, our, as terms as international games, is pretty young, and, and so with that, and with Bill being under Rob Kane and our new coach, it's um, kind of new, and new kind of, um, kind of philosophies on how it's going about, and I think that's going to ultimately make us a much better team in how we go about playing, and so it's just kind of growth, like, you just see the amount of growth that we've had from um, watching the team go in November, um, I was out with injury, but watching the team play in November to where we are now is, is like, so far much greater now than what it was then. And then how our growth has become so much better and cohesive and, and understanding our roles and what we're supposed to be doing and how we can personally impact the team um, through our own personal development. Um, so I think the biggest thing has just been camp has just been this big opportunity of growth and um, I think we say, like, you know, we're going to go, we're going to start winning and we're going to go on a huge winning streak, but it's, it might not be now, but it will happen. It's just a matter of when it all clicks together because you can kind of see it coming. You can feel it building. Um, hopefully it starts sooner rather than later, of course, but um, we're pretty excited for the future of this team. You talked about coming into this tour off of, uh, I guess, a, a long rehab cycle. At this point, so you've had, had three lower, major lower extremity issues. How do you live with injury, but also continue to prepare to play at such a high level? It's just really about knowing your body and knowing um, how you can best benefit, like, benefit yourself to be able to perform. So um, we know that, like, because of my knees. Um, having some issues, like, monitoring the load, monitoring, like, what you're doing when you're doing it, taking full advantage of recovery and treatments and um, that time in between uh, kind of thing. Just really, it's just really about understanding um, yourself and and what you can and cannot do. Um, So, for example, like, our off days, like, some people, you know, might be able to walk around for a little bit, you know, maybe go sit out on the beach for a half an hour, obviously try not to get too much sun or dehydrated. But for me, it's more about taking advantage of that time to recover and um, kind of rehab a little bit in between so that for the next game, I'll be ready. So I guess the, moving on to the less serious stuff, what is the difference between the men's sevens and the women's sevens coffee culture? Because... I see a lot of I see a lot of the women's team at Bullock, and I have no idea what the men's seven team drinks. Um, yeah, we're not too sure what they drink, but 
the women's 17s team, even a lot of girls on the 15s team, where we love coffee. So, um, Bird Rock, Hawthorne, Dark Horse, some of the bigger ones um, in San Diego that we love to go to. Um, a couple times, actually, um, during our seventh season, we would have coffee tasting. So we would bring in different beans and coffees, and we would all, like, try to guess, like, where this bean is from and which one we like the best and different things. Um, it's just a fun way to bond, and I don't know. We love coffee, so. I guess I need to step on my level. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Who is the funniest teammate you have in Charlie Jacoby, um, she received her first cap um, during this tour. She's a prop, so I guess I got to stick with my front row people, um, my front row brothers, as we call them. Um, but she she just adds such a brightness and life to our group, and is always making us laugh um, with just her personality and stuff. So she, she's just pretty funny and, and kind of quirky, and I, I get along well with her because of the quirkiness. I think. All right, then this is probably the second most asked question. Who's the most serious member of the team? Oh, serious. That's hard. I don't know if I feel comfortable answering this question. <laughs> you don't want to say who's serious because I don't want serious to be taken negatively because it's probably, probably my – I'm going to actually plead the fifth on this question. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much, Hope, and uh, beat Canada. Yes. Thank you very much. We we would definitely give our best effort and be Canada. Special thanks to Hope Rogers for jumping in on Earful of Dirt Lineouts. Uh, check her out. She can be found on social at IHope38. She's a pretty fun follow on Twitter and Instagram if you want to see the daily lives of our USA Eagles. Guess what? She's really cool. Uh, that was... USA Eagle number 223, Hope Rogers. This has been Lineouts by Earful of Dirt. Connect with Earful of Dirt online. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. For Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for listening.